Hi everybody, it's Defend Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. This is our first ambassador interview, ladies and gentlemen, and it is not ambassadors from Paul Krugman's invading alien race of fiscal renewers uh, the, from the planet Keynes. It is Charles Perallo, who is an ambassador from Seasteading. Now, first, Charles, I'm a little disappointed that your video is not gently rocking back and forth. Uh, is, is there a reason for that? Well, the Seasteads have not been built yet, so ah. we're looking we're looking to move forward. Uh, we don't know if they, uh, when uh, we have ideas of when they'll build. The first one, Blue uh, Blue Seed, is on its way, and it should be up with much hope in 20 months. All right. So let's get the big picture view of uh, a seasteading. And of course, like most uh, people, I was first introduced to seasteading by Kevin Costner, uh, who I think made a documentary about it uh, in the 90s uh, called Waterworld. But um, perhaps you can tell people a little bit about. Uh, seasteading the idea behind it, the purpose behind it, and uh, why they should head uh, west rather than to New Hampshire. Well, the Seasteading Institute was created by Patrice Friedman, Milton Friedman's grandson, who we all know. Um, the idea behind it is to create choice in society where people can design their own governments, not just to form libertarian governments, uh, but to form their own societies in itself. Uh, the point being is that you can have choice whether you are anarchist, communist, libertarian, uh, Keynes, whatever you are, you can have that power to choose what government, what society you want to be in. So in a way, we could say that Patry Friedman is creating a Petri dish. So in, in fact, if he were to just change one letter in his name, it would become much more accurate. That's good to know. So well, the idea is that you're going to have these giant communities, cities, and I, you know, I want to forestall this by people saying, well, why don't you people use boats? It's because boats, you can't lash them together you, in a storm. You can't create a, uh, a city out of them. And the goal is, of course, to create a sort of uh, a floating Hong Kong or something like that, where a multifarious series of experiments in social organization can occur with almost no barrier to entry between them. So if you're at some anarcho-syndicalist communist place and you don't really like the way it's working, you can jump on over to Stefbot's house of infinite anarcho-capitalism or something like that. So there is going to be a series of experiments, uh, which of course was the original idea I think, as Patrick mentioned, behind the U.S. experiment until the Civil War, of course, brought that to a crashing end. But is, so that's the general idea to have this petri dish of competing and um, hopefully customer-inducing social systems. Yes, yeah, so we're doing what uh, I feel technology is doing within itself. If you look at Bitcoin, Wikipedia, WikiLeaks. Uh, science is just leading us to this way of where we can get anarcho-capitalism, where we can get choice in society, and we won't have to be burdened by the force and the gunpoint of government. Right. So the one thing that I've noticed that, you know, looking at, I think the, the benefits are clear, but the, the objections are probably a little alarming for some people. Uh, and one of them, of course, is we, I think that the moment you're talking about a couple of hundred dollars per square foot of cost to even begin building some sort of abode on, uh, uh, on these uh, islands, or on these floating cities. What, what, what should I call them? Uh, I just want to make sure I get the right word. Uh, seasteads. Seasteads, okay. So um, can you tell a little bit about the costs and um, uh, how economically you expect it to work? Uh, the costs are surprisingly not that much, varying on what kind of seastead uh, you're talking about. It could be anywhere from $15 million to $300 million to a $1 billion. Uh, but what I like to think about is you mentioned Hong Kong a few moments ago. Uh, if you look at Hong Kong, they went from absolutely nothing to an enormous amount of growth in a very short period of time uh, to a point they're above Italian uh, level standards of living. 
So what uh, we're trying to accomplish is unlocking that human potential and innovation where we can have people uh, from some of the poorest areas in the world, give them freedom, give them this ideal government, and from that, that we can have enormous amounts of innovation where we can produce trillions of dollars uh, a year in, ca in capital due to, the, uh, due to this innovation. All right. Now, some of the obvious ones, of course, come to mind would be fishing, because you are, of course, out there in the sea. I imagine there would be some tourism. Uh, it's almost like there would be, uh, like you have ecotourism, this would almost be like liberty tourism. I would, I mean, the moment they're up, I'm hoping to come down and, and check it out, because I think it's just completely fascinating, six ways from Sunday. And you're, uh, more, welcome, and you're more than welcome to do a show there. Thank you, thank you very much. And uh, I will, of course, come garbed in the fut most futuristic fish uh, aquatic kind of gear. I'm, in fact, I'm just thinking of showing up as Aquaman. If I even show up on boat, I might just swim, but we're still working on, on the logistics of all of that. But um, so there'll be obviously financial services would be, I think, a value where they'd be free of uh, some kind of regulations uh, or at least the more onerous or negative kinds of, of regulations. Anybody, I, w I would assume that there would be some sort of Internet access out there. So anybody who's got any kind of web job might have some opportunity to do stuff well, out, out there. Well, we're not looking to accomplish seasteads totally out there in the middle of ocean. Uh, the first one should develop the one blue seas plan and will only be 24 miles outside of San Francisco. Uh, so these are very idealistic uh, and you can get internet, you can trade, and we're a huge benefit to whatever nation wants to have us, uh, have them near us because we're just going to produce more, we're going to trade, trade more, and we'll be a value to them. Well, and of course, as long as 24 miles is right on the edge of, uh, as long as the wind is in the right place, you don't get the socialist stench of Nancy Pelosi. So it's it's not too, too bad as far as that goes. I think you're outside. Well, stench, well, stench might be a little too big for anyone to avoid, but we'll try. <laughs> Off planet, perhaps. So um, at, at the moment, you guys are in the uh, in the fundraising area of things. At seasteading.org uh, is the place to go, and you have openings, I think, for people who are looking for funding. Uh, how's all of that going? Obviously, you got a, bit, a big hit from the PayPal founder. Uh, how, how's all of that fundraising going? Well, we'd like to thank uh, Mr. Teal for what, he's do, uh, for what he's done to us. He's donated millions of dollars of his own money. As for how the donations are going great, really what we'd love to see is that this is actually trying to accomplish something, and we notice billions of dollars go into political campaigns, billions of hours worth of time, whether it's media, volunteer work, or just casual discussion during dinner. Uh, what we're looking to do, and what I'm looking to do, is try to make it so that those people right out there uh, are spending this time focused more on seasteading and that uh, so they can actually accomplish something and not just get more of the same, more $14 trillion in debt, more regulations, more war. So that's what we're trying to, uh, so that's what we're trying to do and get that energy focused on something real. Something achievable within our lifetimes, which is obviously an admirable goal. Now, it's, am I right in understanding it that this is a stateless seasteading approach. In other words, there's not going to be a sort of central constitutionally limited government, but there is going to be the true experimentation options for people. They're going to come and there's not going to be a sort of set of regulations. There's not going to be governments, constitutions, jails, police, and all that kind of stuff, but it is an experiment in social self-organization. Is that correct? Uh, that's true, but if someone came along with $10 billion saying, you know what, I'm going to open up a totally communistic seastead. I don't know who would want to live there. Uh, he could do so. We're not against that. As long as the science is being built, it's just going to move us forward to our stateless society and our goals. And, you know, maybe there are some benefits to a state. I don't personally think so. Uh, but if there are some benefits, then maybe we should have that uh, tested out and maybe that can happen. Uh, also, another advantage is if the state gets bad, if it gets rotted, 
uh, they'll just go bankrupt like a normal business and they'll and the sea sets can sink and a new one will be built. Well, yeah, I mean, if somebody wants to come and build a, a communist workers' paradise, then they would obviously, like anybody in a free society, they would buy the land, or in this case, they would buy the uh, the ocean cover, <laughs> and then they would build that, and then they would see if they could sustain it. And I think we would all know, based upon things like the calculation problem and other issues, it simply wouldn't last very long. And they would have to, unlike governments, because they wouldn't be able to, oh, yeah, that brings me to, uh, how, how do you think a currency is going to work in this environment? Are we going to be trading uh, fish eyes, or, or how's that going to work? Well, you see, I oftentimes think to Erwin, uh, Erwin Schiff's book, How an Economy Grows and Why It Doesn't, uh, How the Fish Economy, that would not happen. Uh, what I would love to see is a free market currency. Perhaps Bitcoin can find a home at Seastead. Uh, perhaps the gold standard could, uh, could be here. Uh, really, we just have to go with what Seasteads are being built and what's the best in the market for it. Right, right. Now... The time frame for, for 20 months. So tell me what's, what's going to be uh, happening in 20 months and what sort of options are available for people who want to explore this further, like from a really practical standpoint. All right, right now what's happening with Blue Seed is we're trying to earn the funding and the funding is, I believe, $10 million uh, to build this seastead, which is not that expensive at all. Uh, right now we have plans. I've seen some of the designs. Uh, basic, uh, they're very good and everything. Uh, but basically, we want to move forward to the actual construction. That's all going to vary on how we get funding. And that is very possible. So 20 months, I'd say, is very likely. And I can assume, of course, that Jacques Fresco's circular Marxist robot cities are going to be basically how this is all planned, because I believe that's, uh, that has been the wave of the future for the last 40 years. Well, there have been multiple people trying to build seasteads. You can go online, look up cities on water. Uh, you'll you'll fr uh, find Freedom Boat. You'll find multiple things. Uh, the Seastead Institute is by far the best uh, right now. Also, Blue Seed is uh, very good, which Blue Seed uh, people who founded that used to work for the Seastead Institute. Uh, so really, it's very good, and the progress is going great. Now, what about uh, issues like... Um cost of living because you have to have a lot of stuff shipped in and out. Have there been economic workups about what the average standard of living might be there with that overhead? Well, the people that we're trying to attract really are the immigrants, maybe not from the U.S., but perhaps the people in Africa uh, and these starving countries who could move over there. And anything that they get would be a significant boost in standard of living. And from that, we'll have innovations that come along the way that can increase that. They'll have their own innovations. Uh, so that's really the plan. Now, I heard a discussion with uh, Patry on Free Talk Live where there seemed to be quite a bit of energy devoted to possibilities of invasion and things like that. I mean, I don't really want to spend much time on it because I think it's sort of a non-issue. I mean, if, if the government wants to take your stuff, it really doesn't matter where you are in the world. In fact, I'm sure that they would just send laser IRS agents to the dark side of the moon to pluck out your kidneys if they needed to. So I don't consider invasion, but, but I wanted to give you a, a sense of, uh, or at least a, a chance to respond to that kind of stuff. I mean, th there's nothing really anyone can do against a full-on naval assault. Uh, piracy is very rare. It's not really going to be uh, an issue. Uh, certainly offshore of the U.S. is not going to be an issue. But uh, for those who do have that sort of concern that somehow they think that uh, some seasteading island is more dangerous than, say, being in New Hampshire, would you like to, to respond to that kind of stuff? Well, there's always one thing we could do if someone were to invade us and, there was, and they were just going to enslave us, take everything from us and invade us. Uh, we could always just sink the boat, make it so that, uh, that they just wasted billions of dollars in missiles, in ships, in men for nothing. Uh, so there we go. We could sink the boat. 
Yeah, and I again, if 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 it gets to the point where the government is invading semi-sovereign islands off its shore, I think that the domestic population is still going to be in a worse position than anybody out on a seastead. So I, you know, I I think the invasion thing is a, a bit of hyperbole and not really something that we should worry about because if it ever gets to that point, the domestic well for a government well it wouldn't shock me if a government were to invade a seastead. I mean, they can get that that desperate where they have to attack better governments because of competition. Uh, so that would not, not shock me if they were to just get jealous. I mean, knowing how bad government is, but I highly doubt uh, in a realistic society they would because there's no economic incentive for them. Yeah, I mean, the arguments against invasion would be that uh, they may demand some relatively small tax. And of course, the inhabitants may choose to, quote, pay that voluntarily, right? I mean, uh, that would be one option. Governments usually rather tax than invade. Uh, the second is that... Um, uh, a lot of people who are high up on the political and economic food chain in the current status system probably want a place to park their money uh, or their gold where it's a bit more secure. Uh, they may want to vacation there. This may become the sort of uh, the, the Black Sea uh, or the, the, um, the, where the Dachars were for the, the Russian premiers and so on uh, under uh, the Soviet system. So they may actually kind of like it being out there. All we're looking to do is provide uh, the be uh, to provide uh, good services for everyone. We don't want uh, anyone's benefit uh, to lose out on this. So trade, uh, travel, whatever you want to do, you can uh, you can do in in our ideal society. All right. So um, for more information, of course, people can go to seasteading.org, and there's you know quite a comprehensive FAQ and all of this kind of stuff. But I was a bit surprised when you said 20 months because the earlier estimates that I'd heard seemed to be that it was half a decade to a decade and a half away. Uh, what was it that he, the donation uh, from Teal that moved it up so much further, or how is it that uh, this schedule has been moved up so much? Well, you must realize that there are so many different types of seasteads looking to be built. There are some people saying, "Oh, 2019 is the date." Uh, Blue Sea is very simple. It's mainly going to be an office building for people who couldn't get visas for the U.S. Uh, who want to do business in San Francisco. So that'll be the first real step. So it's not a very difficult process. Now, I've heard 20 months from talking to the CEO of Blue Seed himself. Uh, Max Marty, so that's so that's pretty much proof right there. Talking to and there we go. Well, that's fantastic. Now, I was wondering if you'd like to make a pitch as an ambassador. I'm sure that you're quite good at snaky fingered sales. Uh, would you like to make a pitch for how people can get involved in donating time or money or other resources to helping make this watery dream become a reality? Well, I would advise just signing up for the ambassadorship. I signed up. I was accept I was accepted, and I've been on Russia Today with Adam Kokesh before he was unfortunately taken off the air. Uh, I'm on your show, and I've done some other uh, I've done some other stuff. Uh, so I would say get involved in the ambassadorship program. If not, and if you don't have the time to get involved, uh, stop dedicating your time to talking about politics at the kitchen table at dinner time. Uh, start talking about Seastead, and then try to spread the idea out to something real. Put those ten dollars you would have given to uh, Ron Paul's campaign, give them to Seastead, and uh, that's my advice. And that's not to go against Ron Paul. I mean, if it's Mitt Romney or Barack Obama, whoever it is, put that money in, put that time in, and you're going to get something uh, for your buck instead of just getting more of the same. Yeah, I mean, it certainly does seem to be a way of experimenting or showing how this kind of stuff can work. Because, of course, as you know, there's no place on Earth where you can reliably get that kind of um, independence. Uh, because if you buy land, you're still subject to whatever uh, rulers are around. So this does seem to be the only way that you could put a 
knowledgeable, non-accidental anarchic society together. Because, of course, the problem with Somalia is not that it was philosophically enlightened and decided to reject centralized violence in the form of the state. Uh, it, the government just collapsed. And that's not quite the same as philosophical anarchism. I mean, if, if, um, if churches collapse, that doesn't mean everyone's become a philosophical atheist. It's just a sort of accident of infrastructure. And so uh, this is, I think, the only way that we can have a look at how uh, a sort of laboratory of self-organizing societies can work. And I think from that standpoint, it's uh, very exciting and very encouraging to see what's going on. Uh, exactly. I mean, really, we are looking for total choice, total volunteerism in society. Uh, we want people to have the uh, kind of ideal society they want to live in. We don't want to tell people they have to live in an anarchist society. We don't want to tell people they have to live in a libertarian society. Uh, we don't want to tell people they have to live in a communist society. We want people to look at the data, to look at the research, and say to themselves, you know what, I want to live in this society. There's no one-size-fits-all to my life. And the best way to unlock my human potential is through this society. And I think that you can certainly be relatively guaranteed of, it's sort of a, a gulch, gulch far out at sea insofar as just about everyone who goes out there is, it's sort of like the Silicon Valley Ayn Rand types in the 80s and 90s. Just about everyone who goes out there is going to be quite knowledgeable about voluntarism and libertarianism and so on. So uh, you won't get into quite as many awkward uh, conversations at the dinner table, so to speak. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the point, the point of having a totally libertarian society is it can save you a lot of time on debate. And you've said before on your shows that wasting time on politics, you could learn so many more better things with your life. Uh, we have people that go to college for this. We have people that study this. We have people that spend their entire lives focused on politics and researching it, finding out who's the best candidate, saying, oh, this candidate's hair looks good. Instead of that time, they could be building things. They could be constructing things. They could be curing diseases all of which uh, they're not doing, and they're doing it because of, of this system where we don't uh, have any rewards in it, and all we do is get further and further into debt, further and further into taxes, and we have no promise that anything's going to happen, and nothing ever does happen. Right, except that we move further away from our intended goal. I mean, one of the things that, to me, uh, voting for freedom is like playing the lottery for your retirement. Uh, I guess it could work, but the odds against it are particularly high. And what it does do is it avoids you putting a dollar or two in the bank uh, every day, which is the slow and steady wins the race kind of thing that I'm much more keen on. I'm much more about measurable progress rather than rolling the dice and crossing my fingers. So what biggest, you're doing is creating that kind of thing. I would like to use the Reagan movement. I mean, Ron king of the Republican Party. He is the king of conservatives. Uh, he's oftentimes seen as the best person. So what do we get? We got $400 billion a year deficits. Uh, we had massive amounts of debt through him, and he's considered the inspiration to conservatives who claim to be, uh, yes, we're going to end the deficits. I mean, that's the, that's the big problem here. Uh, we get the, the closest uh, we've ever gotten to a conservative society is Ronald Reagan and Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton, who are the kings of the Democrats. Uh, they were not able to provide universal health care. They were not able to provide any of their things. Uh, if anything, they hurt, uh, they hurt their causes more. And uh, carbon emissions went up 11% under Al Gore's vice presidency. <laughs> so it's all too ridiculous for words. But So yeah, I mean, I, I really think it's interesting and exciting to see 
the potential for self-organization in this kind of society. Uh, it is going to be something tangible, something that people can point to. Lord, wouldn't we all love a, a, a an anarchic window through time to open up into the future where we could stick people's heads and say, look, this is how it looks in a free society, so that when people say, you show me one example of a free society working, we can point to this uh, floating paradise. Uh, and so I think from that standpoint, it's very, very exciting. The challenge, of course, is enticing people out. Uh, and uh, I think that, you know, the, like any entrepreneurial activity, you know, the first 10 customers are hell on earth, and after that, it gets a, a lot faster and a lot better. Well, the thing that brought me to libertarianism actually was the success of Hong Kong, the success, uh, the success of the U.S. under freedom, and doing that research. Uh, so really what I would have to say is that if we had a living example of a totally anarchist society uh, and it's working and functioning properly, nobody can say anymore, oh, look at Somalia, oh, look, anarchy is chaos, uh, anarchy is evil, it's people, bo it's people putting bombs themselves, blowing up the Federal Reserve. Uh, it's, that's not anarchy. Anarchy is choice. Anarchy is freedom. And that's what Seasteading looks to accomplish in this stateless society. Well, I think that's fantastic, and I certainly do applaud your efforts. If there's anything else that I can do to help promote, please, please let me know. And uh, if people want to get in touch with you, if they have more questions, do so they go through the Seasteading site? You have a Facebook page as well, right? Uh, my Facebook is Charles Peralo. My email is charlesperalo7 at yahoo.com. Feel free to get in touch with me or just go directly to the Institute, uh, get in contact. There are some great people there, and they'd love to get back to you. And uh, if you speak whale, uh, I think that works very well with you as well. So uh, so listen, thanks so much, Charles. I really do appreciate it. I'll put links to all of this stuff below. Uh, and again, if there's anything else I can do, I think it's a fantastic and exciting experiment. And please pass my best regards along to Patry. And um, he's always welcome on the show, as you you, at any time to keep us updated on the progress. All right. Thank you, Stefan. Thank you for having me on. Take care. All right.